Today, we're going to enter a magical forest where the animals are frantically trying to save Lovelyville. Oh, you're going to be delighted. Welcome to Storytime on Exploring Possibilities. Every episode that we have is intended to raise consciousness and explore new ways that you can transform your life from the inside out naturally. Special thanks to Mario Rosales, without whom we would not have this show. He's seated beside me every week, silently making all the technology magic work so that this comes to you professional. So if our show helps you, show us a little love, will you? Buy us a cup of coffee, dinner, even a night out on the town. We'd appreciate it. You can do that at journeyofpossibilities.com slash support. Thanks again for listening. Be sure and tell your friends about us. Our whole library, that's nearly 300 interviews, timeless wisdom, all available for you anytime, journeyofpossibilities.com. And joining us in just a moment, Dr. Lynn Morell. Hi, I'm Mario Rosales. You know, if you're a GoDaddy user, one of the things to keep in mind is that when you cancel that account within 90 days, you lose everything. Email, if you're doing hosting, email through them, your website. So here's a little tip. If you haven't done it already, go ahead and put everything into like a Word document and save it. And if you want to move to another provider, go ahead and give me a call and I can help you rebuild a whole nother website. I use WordPress and that one we can take it anywhere. You don't even have to use my hosting and we can help you out with everything there. Just let me know. Give me a call. Contact me at MarioRosales.com. Dr. Lynn Morell is an author, speaker, trainer, and consultant. She's inspired thousands worldwide to step into the creative expressions of their spiritual essence, purpose, and destiny. She has herself overcome multiple traumas to personify how our core wisdom can move us through challenges into expansion, empowerment, and creating better lives than we imagined. She joins us today to discuss her parable book, Beyond Lovelyville, today. Now, trust me, you deserve every page of this delightful read. So go ahead and get yourself a copy and dive in. There's a link right here on the podcast for you to order. And when you do that, we get a small gratuity at no extra cost to you. So thank you for supporting the show in that way. Her website online is Dr. Lynn Morell, and that's D-R-L-I-N-M-O-R-E-L.com. And she joins us now. Hi, Dr. Lynn. Hi, Cheryl. It's so lovely to be here today with you. I'm, I feel the same way. I'm so glad. We've had to reschedule a few things to work this out, but this could not have not happened. I really wanted to connect with you, so thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. What a pleasure to meet you after all this time. I agree. And like many people that I connect with in this lifetime, I know we've done this before. You feel very familiar. So I'm delightful to explore this story that's so... Charming to read and yet deeply insightful. I I loved it. I couldn't put it down. I felt like a little girl with my storybook, like back when I read Charlotte's Web as a little girl. (laughs) It it was certainly intended to touch all ages and the child inside of each of us that sometimes gets buried and the wisdom that's buried along with the vicissitudes of growing up is always there ready to have the soil tilled and just given space to bloom again. It's, it's such a delightful journey. So let me just give a brief glimpse. So it's basically told through animals, and these animals are trying to save this place called Lovelyville, where the residents are actually disappearing. An earthquake happens, the community's shaken, one of the guardians vanishes, and they just want Lovelyville to be lovely again, and they want to get back to this beautiful way of life where there's kindness and caring. 
how did this story come through for you? I know you allude on the back cover that the tools that these characters use are tools that you've used in your life to overcome challenges. How did you come to tell this story? Oh, it, it's such a wonderful thing. I was with my husband eating breakfast on a Saturday morning. And I said, I wonder what a puddle of leaves is. And he goes, wow, that's a strange thing. He goes, you need to go write that down. <laughs> so I went into my office and I wrote down puddle of leaves. And then I scribbled things like vile ducks, vile ducks, and all sorts of things about ducks. And um, one thing led to another. And very shortly, I sat down to explore what a puddle of leaves was. And that's how the story began. The title through my whole working time of writing the book was A Puddle of Leaves. But then at the end, it was revealed to me that it was actually Lovelyville, which is where the animals lived. And so it was a curious exploration. And my, my husband passed away before the book was done. But he had been an editor, a professional editor, before he became a chaplain. Uh, it's one of his many things that he did. And when he gave me a, a four star, you know, or a five star, he goes, this is really good. I said, wow. And of course, he rudely died, which was an appropriate thing because it always is. But I lost my editor and I lost my heart for the book. So I put it in my file drawer for roughly, oh, from 2007 to 2014-ish. And um, I, I kind of got this inner direction, take it out and start writing. So I actually, I love goals, Cheryl. I've been writing goals for 40 years in my partnership with Spirit. And I don't demand anything. It's something like I'm celebrating the creation of a best-selling book, you know, things like that. So I wrote a goal that I would go in retreat to finish the book. This is where the magic is. And on my birthday, which happens to be St. Patrick's Day, um, a friend that I had supported, oh my gosh, 30 something years ago when she broke her neck, called me and said, Lynn, I've booked a cruise from Vancouver to Hawaii. Would you like to join me for two weeks? And my first response was, oh, Connie, that's so nice, but I really can't take that way that much away from my clients. And I hung up and I thought, duh, you just wrote a goal. You made a mind movie, <laughs> which is my friend Natalie um, Ledwell invented. And so I made this little two minute movie of my my going on cruises and organic food and, and nature. And I called her back and I said, Connie, yes, I would love to go. Is it okay if I spend my time finishing this book? And so the book was finished in two weeks. Every day we'd have breakfast, morning tea, afternoon. And in between the five meals a day, I would come back to the stateroom and I would write. And the beauty for me, Cheryl, is that each of us inside of us has an entire cornucopia of creativity and wisdom. And I just, I was in awe because I'd say, who wants to talk today? And one of the ca characters' names is Oscar. And Oscar, he started talking. And I literally, in a very strange way, took dictation as they told me their story. And in, in the end, I found out that their story was actually symbolic of the many traumas I had lived through. And they got to solve it the way that they solved it, which helped me heal myself. And everyone that has read that book, some people have read it five times already. Um, I have a, a brain injured friend and she used to be a, a wordsmith and she read it five times and she go, Lynn, every time I read it, my brain is more clear. And so that's how the book started. And it's been a labor of love. I feel like a mother who's given birth 
and the feedback I'm getting is great. People are healing things and finding ways to deal with difficult people and and um, and loved ones that don't do what they think they should do. And uh, there's in there about handicap. There's, I cover just about every aspect of human life uh, through the eyes of these wonderful creatures who aren't threatening and they're willing to learn and grow. And oh my goodness, it was such a joy, Cheryl, to to birth that book. Well, and you just touched on the thing I made. I wanted to point out because it's animals. At no time do I ever feel like I'm being guided that I could do any of these things or I should do any of these things. It's more like I'll catch myself in their adventures, going, "Wow, I can do that. I want to try that." So it's it's almost like I get to live through the animals and learn through the animals. One of the things that really, I have to say, stood out for me, especially in this time and in my own personal journey, is where you talk about the darkness and the light. Because, you know, in every story, it's darkness versus light of some sort. And in every great tale that's ever told, there are the forces of good and the forces of evil, the darkness and the light. And the way that you handled those through this story is different. Mm-hmm. It really is. Do you want to touch on that? I, I would love to touch on that because there were, the, this book is very autobiographical. I'll be really upfront about it. And there was a time when I felt I, like I was stuck in the darkness, in the blackness, and I could find no respite from this incredible pain. My, my, um, my husband had died in a plane crash at this time. Well, no, that's the first husband. I lost two husbands, in, one in a plane crash and one due to hospital error. But it, at that point in my life, I was in a dark tunnel when my, when my husband James passed away uh, from an elevator accident that, that pretty much took his life. It gave him a brain injury, and he went downhill. But it was that tunnel and the things that those characters do in the tunnel to regain their um, – their, how can I say it, more equanimity, that they were stuck. They didn't know that where they were. They didn't know where they were going. They couldn't go forward. They couldn't go back. And there was this presence of heaviness, which I have experienced. And so when I found them using the same tools that I had used at the YMCA on a treadmill, I thought, wow, this is really cool. And so all the things that they do are things that I actually physically did to heal myself. And the fact that it came through the eyes of little critters, for me, was that, that was a stroke of brilliance, but I can't take claim of it. I just was willing to take it where it wanted to go. And I believe that was a healing bomb for me and for everybody that's read it. Because we all go into dark places as part of the human condition, but hating them makes them grow. And when you neutralize them by choosing and by light, you know, I don't mean good and bad or, or evil and whatever. I mean by choosing joy, choosing joy in the face of adversity, bringing song and laughter when you just want to lay down and curl up. It's it's miraculous and it's free. And so those were the things that I that I did. And I would take walks and, you know, all those characters are aspects of me. And uh, I have to say, Oscar is one of my favorite because he's a detective. <laughs> and the work we do in the world is detection to help uncover not the symptoms of people's traumas, but the actual causes without re-traumatizing them. Those animals were traumatized enough in the book. 
And yet they found ways to bring community and reach out to one another and to have forgiveness in their heart for those that are stuck in the dark and don't have a way out. And I think that's that's probably one of the greatest gifts is to not judge those because if we knew their secret pains, oh my goodness, we take them in our arm and hold them like a baby. No matter how vile they are, no matter what people do, in their core is a core of goodness which has been covered up. And they don't have the tools and sometimes nor the willingness to go the other direction. So it's a it's like a continuum. One end is very, very, very bright and everything is wonderful and joyful and happy. And the other end is really, really, really dark when you're in the pit of despair. And yet there's a continuum that we as individuals can choose. And that sounds impossible the way we're raised, but we can choose to make different choices. And sometimes you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired, as my brother says to me. God bless him. He's been sober for 47 years. And when yeah. you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you try something different. Just one baby step is all it takes for us to leave the dark tunnel and find our way to a new beginning. Yes. Brilliant. You're a wise woman. Wise words for us. I'm not going to give away the book, but I am going to quote a, a little piece here that's really what I was, the crux of what I was going to. The character, who will remain unnamed for this quote, strikes at anything that represents the light of the heart. This character embodies what others have disowned or judged as unacceptable. They do not understand the nature of light and dark. He grows stronger with the fear and rejection of those that neither understand him nor his ways. Those on the surface have forgotten that when one rejects an aspect of itself, it grows, distorts, and corrupts goodness. So that's what you're talking about. You're talking about in this continuum that lives inside of each one of us between good and evil or light and dark or however you want to position Mm -hmm. that. We get distorted. We forget who we are. We get jumbled up in the things that happen to us and we lose our way. And judgment and anger and betrayal and all of those things are not going to help us find our way back. It's the one thing that can be so challenging for some of us to do in the face of anger or bitterness to, to respond in love. But love is the only thing that's going to shift that. And it is. And the thing is, when you reach for it, you will find it, yes. you know, and I, and I've, I've been around very, very evil people. And what I find amusing, if you take the word evil and you spell it backwards, it's one who lives backwards. And if you take the word devil and you spell it backwards, it's one who's lived backwards. Mm-hmm. So I find that an interesting little serendipity about words and All of us have inside of us the capacity for evil. All of us have the capacity for love. This planet, and this is my my knowing, it doesn't have to be anybody else's knowing, but that this this planet is by design a negative aspect. It's easier to be angry and self-righteous and point the finger than it is to forgive and be grateful for every challenge. And that's what I had to learn. And that's, I believe, what the characters are learning that every opportunity, everything that looks like it's a dead end could become an opportunity to a greater depth of wisdom and knowing and compassion. 
And if we can give ourselves just an itty-bitty bit of compassion, we can unlock all of those. I call them elephants in the room and barking dogs. Because the elephant's there, whatever it is that we haven't forgiven, you know, the, the, the girl that stole our boyfriend, the guy that stole the girlfriend, whatever it is, when we can learn to lay that burden down, then we have more space for the sun to come in. And, and this, the, by the sun, I mean the sunshine, the lightness, the optimism. And let's face it, we're trained to be afraid of everything. Don't talk to strangers. Don't do this. Don't cross the street. And in all of this, don't, 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 the child's innate wisdom generally gets buried by the time they're five. And they become little clones of what the parents expect. And in order to survive, they have to go with the, you know, the game plan. And then the beauty is at some point, something happens that, that wakes us up and makes us look a little more closely at what we've bought hook, line, and sinker. You know, and so I think that's also a possibility in that book that as they're stuck and there's no way forward and they can't see any way out of their dilemma, the voice of wisdom drops in and that's available for all of us. Oh, Cheryl, there were times when I was so angry at my life and the things that happened. You know, I raised my fist. It's like, it's not fair. Well, you know, nothing's really fair and everything's fair, fair game for us to choose which which modality we're going to work from. There's a solution here, by golly, and I'll find it. Or it's useless, I'm just going to go have a drink. <laughs> and, and you know, there's a lot of people like that out there. And God bless them, they've just lost their way. Yes. And, 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 and that's all of us. I mean, the irony is I've probably, I've been doing this kind of work for almost 40 years. And for the last 35 of them, I said, I wonder what my calling in life is. I mean, it's ridiculous. I've only been doing it for 40 years. And it's like, when, when am I going to do my life's mission? And it's like, duh, have a V8. <laughs> I am I have, laughing so hard because I'm having the same conversations, exact same conversations. I'm working with this woman and we're doing full life review, the work of Rudolf Steiner and biography work. Uh-huh. And I'm going through it and it's like we get to the mission segment and I'm like, have I found my mission yet? And it's all the mission. How could we miss our mission? Exactly. And our mission is to breathe in and breathe out. Yeah. You come right from the basics and, and all else is handled if we would get out of our own way. Right. <laughs> and therein lies the rub. You know, we have everything inside of us. We forget where we've put it. Sometimes we've packed it away in a closet because it's tied up with trauma. Sometimes, you know, we lose someone we love so much and we don't have the tools to recognize that they may be gone physically but the energy is there forever, you know, and where I'm staying while I'm recuperating, um, the woman is 87 years old. I knew um, her quite well. She ran a health food store and has been able to touch people and heal them for God knows fourth stage cancers over and over because she's so strongly steeped in spirit. And her husband died 15 years ago. And every day at 2:41, the radio pops on and she says hello to him. Because the radio, you know, it's it never popped on before he died and it only stopped after he died. Now, is that a coincidence? Maybe. Or maybe our loved ones on the other side can communicate with us. And they don't want us to suffer. They want us to take the loving that we've gotten from them. Or if, if they're not so nice, take what we've learned about being nice and 
and then everything is just easy. When we know that we're part of a bigger scheme of things, like Lovelyville is a small place, very small place, and yet the entire um, canopy of life, the entire human existence takes place through those little critters. And I find it so interesting that the story is so simple, but I prayed that every word would carry the energy of healing for whoever picked it up. And, and that was my mission. And then to let it loose into the world. It does. It does. It carries that. It's such a beautiful story. And I can't wait to see what happens with the characters. And I flipped through the pages. And I was so happy, sad when it was over that I wanted to turn it right back over and start on page one again. I didn't want to leave the story of those critters because along the way you fall in love with them because each one of them, of course, personifies, like in The Wizard of Oz, each one of them personifies an aspect of ourselves. And so as I see that aspect of myself and give it some compassion by giving it to the character, we both grow. So it's a beautiful journey. And I think that that's kind of what you were speaking to earlier is the more we can give ourselves compassion in these hard trials that we've experienced in our lives give the forgiveness, give the love. As I give that to myself, I find it's exponentially larger to give to others. I have so much more capacity to forgive and to accept and to to love. It's a journey that's worth every moment of any little bit of hurt for what comes on the other side. It's just incredible. Oh, it's such words of wisdom, Cheryl, because you know there were times when every four to six weeks, I had a major life setback. My mom's died in a house fire six weeks later. My home, my home and business and retreat center burned down. Oh my gosh. My, my older sister tried to rescue my mom and couldn't. She had a nervous breakdown. And, you know, on and on and on it went for 13 months. And while it felt like ground zero, because each one in itself was a significant stressor, So if I were to take that stress test, I would have been well over 900 because every single thing happened. And I got field audited by the IRS, which I won. Social Security for their error, which I reported, and they turned around and said they were going to throw me in jail for felony charges. What a cruel woman. And my husband had only been dead like maybe four months. And um, on and on and on it went, you know. And then my husband died in a plane crash in the middle of all that 13 months. And I felt like a, a fighter in the 15th round. So Dr. And Lynn, if you can go back to that that feeling, that, that place in your life and exactly how you were feeling when you felt so kicked and down and where in the heck is the end of this journey and how do I survive it? Where in that moment, because there's people there right now, do, mm-hmm. you, do you dig up the love and the compassion to go another day? Well, it's a really good question, Cyril. And the thing that I think gave me the stamina to go through that is I had always been curious about life and fascinated by it. And, you know, and, and to the thing that helped me the most, I believe, is I've been a martial artist for 57 years. And I had the ability to get up one more time than I fell. And each time I fell down, I would actually, in my inner prayers, say, please, I need help. And people would show up out of the clear blue. And when I had a Lyme so bad I couldn't get out of bed, didn't know what I had. I just knew that I, I was ill. People would send me packages of 
all these wonderful supplements. Lynn, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about you. It was just, it was so ludicrous. I mean, I had a strep throat after David's burial. And I'm very in attunement with my body. And, you know, I was licensed in California as a healthcare practitioner. So I went to the local doctor and I said, I have a strep throat. I'd really like something to help me get over it. And I'm not an antibiotic user. He goes, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to give you some, some um, Valium because, you know, you're, you're grieving about the loss of your husband. I said, that has nothing to do with my sore throat. So he gave me the prescription, which I promptly tore up when I walked outside. But I insisted he do a strep test. And he goes, oh, by the way, you have strep. And so listening to myself in that dark period is the only thing I had. It was like the dark night of the soul. I had no future. All I could do was put one foot in front of the other. And, and I got to the point where it was like, what's going to happen next? But I had asked in, in, in the deepest part of my being that I could take every trauma that I ever had, and some that I didn't remember at the time, which were whoppers, um, that I could turn that to help people so my losses wouldn't be in vain. I think that's what turned me around. I wanted to give to others the ability to know they weren't alone. And the people that appeared in my life, one woman had heard me speak. She called up. She goes, I want to study healing with you. She's from France. She became a, a friend to this day, and she's close to 90. And she and her mother, who hid, who hid Jewish people during World War II, um, they hid a family, that Nanny was, was at that time in her late 80s, and she walked three miles every day with the dog, wore the dogs out quickly. But Nanny kept going, and her having lived through World War II, her having done the right thing, which was to, to take her, her fellow human beings. She saved a little girl and her father. And years later, I, I was living in California, and I got a call. Nanny, that's what we called her. Nanny's getting an award from Israel. And so I flew in from California, and she was so stubborn, she would not go. No, I'm staying home today. Nanny, you need to come. No, I'm, I told you I'm staying home. So my friend Claudine practically had to drag her to the synagogue. No, I'm staying in the car. Nanny, humor me. And of course, she walked in. There were 200 people. They found the little girl. And in the darkest of times, they went and they found that little girl 40 years later and flew her to the U.S. Now, that's a woman who lived through dark places in a war where the Gestapo showed up at their door with the shiny boots. And she said to her little girl, don't you tell her about your sister or we're dead. And so with that in my consciousness, I knew if they could do it, I could do it. And if I could do it, I could help other people do it. And I think that's what kept me going is at the end of that dark tunnel was a glimmer that I had that I would be so strong on the other side that I could l witness people in their darkest, darkest times and not be phased by it, not get attached to it, but witness the atrocities that people have shared with me. And in the witnessing, they're validated. And in the validation, they feel the love. And with the love comes like springtime. The seeds are planted and they grow in their own time. That's a long-winded answer, but um, that's how I got through. I looked for some little silver lining and I always found it. Either a person called. Um, I, was, I was suicidal. I never did anything, but I wanted to leave the planet. It was too much. I lost my daughter through being taken by her dad. That was one of the things that happened. I didn't see her until she was 21. She was 12. 
my heart was broken all those years. And it's healed now. And she did find me. And so we're building a wonderful relationship. And she's a wonderful human being. So the things that were taken from me, the ground zero, were, were added back with extra measure. That's the best way I can describe it. So I, I, I got myself through the dark times, not knowing one day to the other how I was going to do it. But if I got up, I was up one more time than I fell down. And I would take walks going, be still, trust, I am, with my breath. And I would say that over and over and over because I lived in the country. And um, that gave me strength. And then I started praying for other people. Bless that person. I don't know what that person needs, but it's really clear that they're hurting. So uh, can, can, can something be done about that person? Like not even any attachment. Like I would just ask for the highest good because I don't know what the highest good is. And that's how I started to emerge from that black tunnel. And that black tunnel was a good 10 years that I had to struggle to get out of it. You're also describing how you, one of the things that I heard early in your story and throughout your story, which is incredible, and that explains some of how you're so amazing. (laughs) um, I noticed all the angels in skin that showed up when you needed Mm -hmm. them. And and by the end of the story, you began to move out of that by becoming one of those angels in skin for others. And that's a huge gift right there because that's the compassion, feeling it for others enough to be the angel. Even when you're having angels show up for you and you're thinking, what do I have to give? You've got so much to give to become one of those angels. So the answer is always love, isn't it? It is. And and loving can take the most ornery curmudgeon and turn them <laughs> You just meet them where they're at. You don't try to change them. You just love them and you don't even have to say anything. You know, and, and it brings to, to mind a funny story, two funny stories, actually. One was um, when I had my office in Santa Monica, I was between Arizona and Wilshire, I guess. When I, um, people, I passed homeless people, silently, I'd say, God bless you. Just as a ministry, nobody knew. And I walked by this new guy that I'd never seen on the corner before. And I said, silently, God bless you. I got about three steps away. And that man said to me, that's the kindest thing anyone has ever said to me. Now, I didn't say it out loud, (laughs) but people hear our vibration and our thoughts. And when we bless people that have done hard things, not to forgive them in the sense of they get off and they don't go to jail, but in the sense that they're required to do what happens when they break the law. But you don't have to hate them because they've lost their way. Yes. You know, and, and that's, I think that's the greatest thing I've learned is that we all lose our way and then we find it and then we lose it and then we find it. <laughs> and life is one big mistake. And coming from Los Angeles and Hollywood, the home of the whatevers, I learned that there's take one, take two, take three when you don't get a scene right. So mistakes are not things to be moaned about. They're corrective activities that show us a better way. If we get curious, you got to be curious and fascinated. Like, like you and I know I I had a health challenge two weeks ago and I didn't know, you know, if I was going to make it. And so, um, I got a call from a friend, one of my angels, human angel, you need to come be with me. And I was fascinated more than upset because I'm rarely ever sick. And this thing just came over me like, um, like somebody dropped a, a hundred pounds of soil on my head. Couldn't breathe, couldn't work, couldn't move. And it's like, wow, how fascinating that my body's doing this. 
And then in the curiosity, all my angels came. My roommate at a conference was just stellar. And, and I, you know, I couldn't eat for like uh, four and a half days and I threw up water. And I, I kept joking. I bet you I've lost weight. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to lose some weight. So, wow, isn't it great? And then when I got home, I'd lost six pounds. So it's like, oh, that's awesome. And my pants fit better. <laughs> so there's always a silver lining no matter how far-fetched it is. But that little thing still makes me smile. You know, and if we can smile, we can get through. Yes. And it was my pleasure to reschedule the podcast to make sure you could be on here. When I got the word that you were under the weather, severely under the weather, I, I didn't mean to respond without compassion because I felt compassion for you. But I was like, oh, no, no, we've got to do this podcast. I want her to get better and, and let's do it a week late, better late than never. This this really needs to get out because because of exactly what we're hearing in you, in you now. You're a masterful storyteller and you're all heart and wisdom and who doesn't need some of that <laughs> well thank you cheryl and i'm gonna ask that we sprinkle for lack of a better word fairy dust of compassion on all your listeners because we all have the inner wisdom it's right there we just have to get curious and and not let the barking dogs in our head that say we're to this to that you'll never be this you'll never be that look at what they did and i didn't do that's all nonsense. That's the barking dogs that are trying to take us out, but they're also here to strengthen us. Because my barking dogs, I catch them pretty quick right now. And, you know, you'll never get better. Da 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 da. It's, oh, hush. Let's <laughs> go hush. And if I'm really like being cheeky, I'll say, bad dog, sit. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just doing their job to strengthen us. And we have the opportunity to climb a staircase, as it were, one step at a time into greater wisdom, compassion, loving, no matter how miserable our childhood was. That's no excuse not to have a fabulous life. You just got to work maybe a little harder than some other people. That's what makes us so incredible. You know, the quote unquote walking wounded are the ones that are broken open where the most light and love can shine through. And so I'm not broken. I never was. I was just kind of life challenged. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That seems like such a perfect place for us to start to wrap up this conversation. That's that's beautiful. And and I hope that you, if you're listening to this, have that mirror and see that that is also true for you. There are no walking wounded. We are all just learning. And as we learn better, we do better and we grow and we love more. Oh, you're so true, Cheryl. What a delight to be here today. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm delighted that you're feeling better so that you could come and shine as brightly as you are and share with us. Are any new projects coming up? Anything you want to share with us? Actually, I have a book called The Grace of Love. And it is biographical in the sense that my husband was a chaplain at UCLA. And we, I, I have the chronicle of our eight years of married life. Not all of the emails were the same, but I had the cards and the joyousness of our relationship right from almost running him over to when he passed away of, a, of an accidental drug overdose in the hospital. And it's the ups and the downs and the way that we solve our challenges, the loving, the grace, the compassion for one another. It's really a riveting book. And it will be out pretty soon. I'm just doing the final formatting on it. And it's, and it's nothing has been edited 
except I took out the, the email address for my husband and myself, and I made it to and from. And it is a way that people can have a peek under the hood of what a healthy, wonderful relationship is and that it is possible. Thank you for sharing that with us. It must have been such a privilege to experience it. And I love that you celebrate it by sharing it with us. Thank you for that. We'll keep our eyes open. And we can keep up with you at drlynnmorell.com. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And um, also, I'm available. I have a Facebook page called Positive Joy with Dr. Lynn. And I only put positive quotes up. More accurately, my virtual assistant puts them up. But it's, it's, it's in response to so much negativity on the Internet. And because I wasn't fond of Facebook, I decided to face that little againstness. So I thought, well, rather than bitch about it, um, I'm just going to do something about it. And so I, I think I have over 43,000 followers now just from putting up positivity. We need and all the positivity we can get. <laughs> For sure. And again, thank you for having me on and uh, graciously allowing me to postpone. Um, I wasn't very coherent last Friday. (laughs) Well, you're doing great today. So thank you for sticking with us and, and following through this week. We appreciate it. And thank you, listener, for joining us. As always, we'd like your feedback. So drop us a note at journeyofpossibilities.com. Let us know how, how we're doing. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. And we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.